Welcome to episode four of Solved, the D.B. Cooper hijacking. This podcast is brought to you by Principia Media, whose groundbreaking four-part documentary, D.B. Cooper, The Real Story, is available on iTunes, Amazon Prime Video, Google Play, and Vimeo. For more information, go to therealdbcooper.com. I'm your host, Dave Parsons. In our last episode, we listened to audio tapes of Walter Recca, the hijacker, and Carl Lauren, his friend, discussing the actual hijacking, ending with Walter jumping out of the plane. This episode continues that conversation, with Walter describing the landing and immediate aftermath to Carl. As in the previous podcast, we will once again rely on the 2008 audio tape conversation between Walter Recca and Carl Lauren. An interesting difference between Walter's description of the events on the plane and what happened on the ground after landing are that Walt has a much more vivid memory of the landing. Later on, this would help Carl in finding out where Walt actually landed and become one of the key pieces of evidence in the solving of the case. It is important to know that Carl Lauren is not an investigator. He is a longtime friend of Walter's and the only person he trusted with his story. But because Carl was not trained in questioning suspects, there are times when he asks leading questions. Of vital importance is that Walt had only one fear during the decades following the hijacking, and that was being caught. This was because, if convicted, it would likely have meant that Walt would be spending the rest of his life in prison. However, during his later years, as evidenced in the audio tape recordings, Walt felt a need to confess to someone, someone he could trust to keep his secret confidential until after he died. Carl was that person. During their early skydiving days in Saginaw, Michigan, in the late 1950s, of all the members of the Michigan Parachute Club, Carl was the one person everyone trusted. Walt and Carl also had another connection. Walt's wife, Joni, and Carl's wife, Loretta, were friends growing up. In fact, it was Joni who introduced Carl to Loretta. In the conversation that follows, taped in late 2008, Walter tells Carl about the landing. Because they had discussed this previously, Carl already knew the story. Carl's purpose here is to get Walt to repeat what he had said earlier, this time for the audio recording. I mean, not a big rise, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
But when I got to the rise, I could see the lights on the highway, you know, cars going. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and you could see the cars, though, before you landed on the ground, right? Yeah. It, it's a wonder you knew which way you were going, though. I didn't. Right, uh, I seen cars, I seen, you know, it was in the distance. Yeah. So how did you know which way to even walk in the first place? Right there, towards the direction right there where I assumed the cars were going, it was like a little knoll, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no bigger. It was a slope, slope of the ground. I just got up there, but no higher than a little tree stump, you know. Yeah. And then I could see in the distance right there traffic. Holy mackerel. That was, that's amazing. Yeah. If you, if, if you, if you'd have landed, if you'd have jumped two minutes before you did, you'd have been in right in the middle of a huge forest. It would have been in something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Notice how much better Walter's memory is of the specifics of the events surrounding his landing than what happened in the plane during the hijacking. That could be explained by the fact that, as Walter said about the hijacking, he was scared and kept wondering if he should go through with the hijacking. But once on the ground, he no longer had the same kind of stress. Here, Carl and Walter continue discussing the landing and what happened in the immediate aftermath. Carl speaks first. You're, you've landed now, and you, you know your leg's in bad shape. Uh, twisted ankle or something. You know you know it's going to be, you know. It, yeah, it's broke. Yeah. Uh, could you tell it was broke, or? Yeah, it hurt. Okay. Um, uh, so then you, you, uh, you buried your chute. No. You didn't bury it? No, I just gathered it all up right there and put it like in the back pat and left it there with the broken trees, threw a few branches on top of it. Well, that's what I mean. You you you, you didn't bury it by digging a hole. You just threw, threw what was there on top of it. Yeah. So, uh, um, okay, so now you, uh, uh, is a, when you're walking out, to begin with, is the money still like uh, around your chest in your raincoat on? No, I I had to uh, clean off myself off, took the raincoat off, put the money in the raincoat. Okay. And like a bundle. Yeah. And uh, were your were your pants or anything torn or anything from hitting all those tree dead limbs? No. Really? Yeah. That was amazing. Not really, right? Dead trees. How can you tear it? Anything you hit, you break. Oh yeah, but if there were a big limb, something could get caught under there, and a, you know, under yeah. there. Well, anyway, uh, so you walk out and you get to the road, and you remember at one point seeing cars going across the bridge someplace. Yeah.
walking along. You're walking along to the restaurant. Yeah. And you get there, and do you remember anything, or you just find a door and go in, or? Yeah, I find a door and I go in. I ordered a cup of coffee. My hand shaking real bad right there. It's spilling right there, so I didn't want nobody to see it. Uh huh. And I got some change from the waitress right there, and I asked her where the telephone was, and I called up Don. And I said, I done it. He said, you done what? <laughs> yeah. I had discussed it with her before. Okay, and there's nothing you can remember. Somebody said your your face is be red. Yeah. Um, do you remember any music playing in that truck stop or anything? No. Uh, I was incoherent pretty near at that time. Yeah. Um, boy, it's a wonder that when they heard about it, that they didn't say, hey, you know, somebody's seen a guy come in here that, uh, you know, is, you know, it's almost a wonder that they didn't report something. Nobody but, would believe it, Charlie. Well, I, I mean. I couldn't believe it myself. Yeah, but I mean, after it, it had happened. You know, everybody in the world believed that it happened after it happened. It just wasn't that noticeable. What is remarkable about the conversation you just heard is that it contains two bits of evidence Carl will use later to determine where Walter landed. The first is that Walter remembered seeing cars crossing a bridge. And the second, that there was a standalone restaurant with neon lights that was not in a town. In this next conversation, Carl asks Walt to describe the restaurant. Walt mentions that when he walked in, there was a customer sitting at the counter, dressed in cowboy attire with a guitar, who was driving a dump truck. Because he was needing a ride back to where he lived, and that he had no idea where he had landed, he was needing the customer to tell his friend Don Brennan how to get to the restaurant. But you had to get directions from the somebody in the um, in, in the restaurant in, in the uh, truck stop you had to get directions to tell Don where to come and pick you up I give it to the guy with the uh, with the dump truck the telephone he gave him the directions oh he gave you the directions he gave it to Don oh oh um, that's a cover I remember him good too this guitar Cowboy had Western gear right there. And, uh, oh, how how come he was by the uh, how come he was by the telephone? Call the board. Oh, just to tell him where you were. You just say to yeah. come and get me. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know where I was. He knew where we were. Oh yeah, yeah. And I keep going back. I keep going back to the the truck stop where where you walked into. Um, was there? Was there a bar in that truck stop by any chance? No. It was just a, just a plain truck stop with a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hey, here's something I thought of. I don't don't even ever wrote down. I was thinking the other day. Uh, you know the guy that, um, uh, the guy with, uh, that was playing in the band and had the dump truck, when you called him over, to, to give the, the directions. Weren't you listening to what he told? No. no. You weren't? 
From the information Carl got from Walter about the man in the restaurant, he now had a few more pieces of evidence that would come in handy a few years after the 2008 taped conversation. That evidence will be covered in a future podcast. For our purposes here in telling the story about the hijacking, Walt is revealing important details that will result in the solving of the D.B. Cooper case. In this final audio clip, Carl asked Walt how he spent the remainder of his time while waiting for Don Brennan to pick him up. Uh, how long did you think, do you think you were at the truck stop? It took, it took Don a, a while to get there. He had to be, uh, yeah, right there. How long was I there? At least two and a half to three hours. It, it, this is a rough guess, though. Yeah, oh, I, I, I know, yeah. Not, yeah. I have no wristwatch that went off. Yeah, was was your leg throbbing? Oh, everything. Yeah. I mean, my legs, my head, uh, my hands are shaking. My sore leg right there is. I could feel it swelling up. Yeah. Did you have to take your shoe off, or would it still? No, I never take my shoe off because then you couldn't get it back on. Oh, okay. Then you draw a lot of attention. You know, walking around barefooted in November. Yeah. Oh, another thing right there before I forget, right there. Do you know how a beet looks? A beet? Yeah, you know when you peel a beet, how red it looks? Yeah. That's the way my face looked when I looked in the mirror. After, after it all happened right there with that fucking hit, that rain hitting me in the fucking face. Did anybody say anything? Uh, yeah, it was mentioned, I think. They said, your face is real red, you know. Uh-huh. And I didn't pay any attention, you know, I mean, I, it's a question you don't answer. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say, well, I jumped out in the rain or something. In the next episode, we learn how Carl was able to determine where Walt landed and how he found the man Walter called Cowboy. The timeline is that he left the Seattle airport at 738 he got to the uh, cafe at 8.35, made the phone call at 8.42, and the whole time to do the Cooper hijacking from Seattle to the time that he got to the Kenaway Junction Cafe was less than an hour. This is the end of Episode 4. Thank you for listening.
For more information, go to our Facebook page, The Real D.B. Cooper, and like our page. On that page, you will find out more about the story of Walter Recca, the man who became D.B. Cooper.